Welcome to Despirituality. Uh, we are uh, excited to be back uh, in the saddle. Uh, you've uh, been hearing a number of our holiday episodes that uh, hopefully gave you a bit of encouragement, inspiration, and maybe a little spiritual uh, insight, or maybe you developed insight better than our insight, but we still helped. Um, and uh, the most recent episode was a recap of all we've been uh, doing, and uh, we hope you enjoyed that and maybe took another look at some of the articles or some of the podcast connected uh, work that we did that can help you spiritually. Today, we're kind of getting back going with something that I think is going to be very helpful. Have heard from a lot of listeners, talked to a lot of people who really wanted this topic, uh, how to do well spiritually. It's a fundamental topic. It's a, a basic topic, but it's one that is often neglected today. Joining me on the podcast, and I'm Russ Ewell, is uh, Cameron Straw, Vince Lynn, Nathan Shafenoff, and Mike Query. And we're going to take a stab at this really great topic. Now, one of the things I wanted the guys to see, and we're going to be able to look at it, you won't be able to see it, obviously, is from 1972. None of the guys in the room were alive except for me, and I was a wee Not little. Close. <laughs> I was a, I was a wee little chap at that time. Uh, and uh, there was a movie that I did not watch uh, called Man of La Mancha. I believe Cervantes is the one who wrote the great piece of literature. Um, but in this particular episode, it's the Night of Mirrors. We're taking a look at it right now. And I wanted the guys to see it because any of you guys ever read Man of La Mancha or Cervantes or seen the movie? Nope. No, not at all. Nope. Are you even familiar with it at all? I know Don nope. Quixote as the character who right. once fought okay. the windmill, you know, okay. and like rode on a donkey and all that stuff. All right. How, what, sorry? Is that what this, that's Don Quixote? This is, is from Don Quixote, yeah. Man of La Mancha. There's a it. cartoon Don Coyote, I think. I think I watched that one. <laughs> Don Coyote. Okay. Well, we descend into the, the, <laughs> the dark pit of, of, of where the world is going. Obviously, no one was taking any humanities classes in college except me. <laughs> uh, I actually didn't read this book. I read a lot of other books, but I didn't read this book, but I watched the movie. And uh, I don't think I read the book. Um, but Man of La Mancha, the sound is broken on the clip. So, oh, there it goes. Now, to understand this episode, you have to know that uh, Dulcinea is uh, a woman of, uh, to some degree, ill repute, uh, that he is defending uh, because of the way she's being treated. I shouldn't say she's a, she's being treated terribly. Uh, I can't remember exactly. Um and that was just the way it was back then. And he comes to her aid and, and, and gives her vision for her life and essentially considers her to be. And, 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 and the whole point is he sees her beauty and her her great qualities instead of the men who were treating her like she was you know, worthless. And Don Quixote is a, a movie about vision. And it's about an old guy who decides he's going to rescue and change the world, so to speak. Um, and so he but, but what it is, is he doesn't see himself as an old guy. He sees himself as a young knight, hmm. and he and that and when he sees people, when he sees his, uh, I think it's Pancho Villa or somebody, Pancho Stanza or whatever it is, when he 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 grabs this guy who's just kind of a basic guy and makes him his right hand man, hmm. and they wow. go around the country doing all this stuff. Now all those who read Cervantes know I'm butchering the whole thing <laughs> because I just did it from memory. I didn't want to. I, I wasn't planning on talking about this. this. Isn't an exposition on that great piece of literature. But the reason I wanted to see this episode is the Night of Mirrors, because at a certain point to stop him, what they do is they come and they have knights that don't fight with swords, but they have mirrors. And the reason he's kind of going crazy right here is they're showing him what he really looks like. Mm -hmm. And when they show him what he really looks like, he loses his vision. Oh. He Whoa. loses his sense of faith. He loses his sense of hope. 
that was their weapon against him because they couldn't t- stop him before because he's, he had so much vi- vision. So when he sees this guy right here, this is right hand guy. He sees this great young guy who's going to help him. He sees this beautiful young lady who's a maiden, a fair maiden. Mm-hmm. And they're really, I shouldn't have said ill repute. That was wrong. She's, she was poor and this guy was poor and he saw them and he was like, Hey, you know what? You're, you're not that person. You're someone totally different and Whoa. better. The reason I mention it is I think when it comes to how to do well spiritually, one of the greatest deterrents to doing well spiritually is that when you read the Bible, the Bible is a mirror. James 1, 22, 25 is the New Living Translation. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. How to do well spiritually begins with having the courage to look into the word of God hmm. and to see yourself. And it's not going to all be negative. I think one of the things you know that the man of La Mancha movie tells us is it's not that he was showing him that he was an old man. That It didn't matter that he was an old man. He'd been giving people vision already. Hmm. What mattered was that they made him see himself in a way that discouraged him. Hmm. Hmm. You should never look into the Bible and, and, and look at yourself and see yourself and get discouraged. You should either see points of encouragement or points of vision for what you can be. That's the point of the Bible. Hmm. So when you see your deficiencies, your sins, your whatever, that's your possibilities. Those aren't your negative qualities. Those are your possibilities. And when you see what you're doing well or how you're growing, those are your points of encouragement. That's your progress. So I guess we could break it down to when you read the Bible, you should be looking for what are my possibilities and what are my points of progress? What do you think, guys? Man, that's um, <laughs> I can relate to look the forgetting what I look like instantly, like from the mirror, both spiritually with the Bible, you know, reading it and then walking away, forgetting what I read you know, by mid morning. Um, also it just makes me think of high school too, because I, <laughs> I remember, um, uh, you know, you watch like, a t- I remember freshman year, that's when like Eminem just came out and he had like this look, <laughs> you know, with like the, uh, sounds like the nineties, man. I remember like going like, Oh, that's what it, you know, that's a cool white dude, man. I'm gonna try and like replicate that. And I remember <laughs> trying to get the clothes right. I got like a, a came to school for, you know, first day of school with like a, like one of those visors and like a long orange baggy shirt. That's you know? scary. And I remember going like, <laughs> I did it. I'm finally cool. You know? And then, and then later, like I looked at myself in the mirror, like by mid afternoon, I was like, what have I done? <laughs> and then, and then I kind of, I tried to just forget about it, you know? So it's, um, but I'm like, I saw myself in the morning. So what, what happened? You know? So I, I can tell myself things that, that aren't true about myself. And I think I do it because I don't see the, like, you know, coming back to the spiritual point, I don't see, how you described the 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 points of of growth, right? Like the opportunities mm. to grow, possibilities and points of progress, possibilities and points of progress. Yeah. Like I, I'm, mm. I, I rarely see things like that, right? It's it's usually with a negative bent, uh, or you know, like I I want to be like the Don Quixote guy. Do any right? of you ever look at? Do any of you ever get um, I don't know religious, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read my Bible, but I don't want to I don't really want to see what I look like. 
Yeah, that's. Yeah. I was more relating to that part, which is like what you talked about with like seeing the vision. I was yeah. like, man, I wish I could do that. Like when I see the Bible, <laughs> when I read the Bible, I can be like, these are all the things I'm doing wrong. This is how my performance is like at an F or whatever, you know, yeah. level. Yeah. But like um, it, it reminded me of uh, what you're reading reminded me of last year. Uh, I was going through a lot of difficulty with hiding a lot of sin. Yeah. Because there's a lot of impurity stuff and getting open and, and being kind of finally after two years getting open about it all. Yeah. And like. So much of me, why I, I hide my sin, why I can be deceitful is because I want to hold on to this image I have of myself of yeah. like, I'm a good guy, air yeah. quotes, you know, yeah. um, but then to look in the mirror and kind of similar to Don Quixote and like not, I don't know, not buckle or not be, not just hate the fact oh, I can't be what I want to be, but accepting who I am, you know, and seeing, okay, like really rest, working on that with God being like, okay, this is actually who I am. I do have my sin. I do have my shortcomings, whatever, but God's trying to make me into somebody, somebody better, somebody greater, right. you know, and not flinching when I see what's actually in well, the mirror. The funny thing is, you know, you love basketball yeah. and, and, and what do you know about Michael Jordan as far as how he came into the league and what he changed once he got into the league? Tell me a couple of things. He came into the league as uh, kind of a little bit under the radar compared to Hakeem Olajuwon, who was in there, and a lot of other people. But he worked very hard uh, and and kind of drug a lot of teams uh, to the playoffs and like constantly failed and failed and failed. And eventually, in uh, nineteen ninety, when uh, Phil Jackson started coaching and like really pushing him to to lift his team up, his teammates up. Um, and seeing that he has to trust them to have a championship, whatever. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a fairly, you know, maybe it's. But then he also became a killer. Maybe, uh, maybe it's obscure. Well, those are all the later things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the thing that that Michael Jordan did is he looked in the mirror and he saw he was not as good defensively as he was offensively. Yeah. He didn't get discouraged. He worked on the defense. Yeah. Or even too when he um, couldn't handle the beatings that the Pistons would give him, he like changed his whole workout regimen right. and became stronger because so, he saw so his So you were talking about, you know, uh, the, 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 I think the discouragements or the whatever it is. So when I, when I look at that, because I've had to learn, when I look at that, what I hear is it's a negative view of the Bible. Yes, mm-hmm. totally. And, and the reason it's a, and we're going to talk about this later. The reason it's a negative view of the Bible, and this is true of a lot of us, yeah. is we are not always reading the Bible to grow. Hmm. We're reading yes. the Bible to measure our performance. Yes. Correct. Totally. Michael right. Jordan didn't look and say, I'm not a great defensive player. Man, I'm a terrible person. He looked and said, I'm not a great defensive player, but if I become a great defensive player, I could be one of the greatest ever. And the truth is, until Michael Jordan did that, the idea of, and I know some of you aren't basketball fans, so you got to bear with us, and, and I think you'll understand this. The idea of a two-way player, somebody who could be as good on defense as they were on offense, was pretty much unheard of. Mm-hmm. And and so you you become innovative spiritually when you look at the Bible and say, where do I need to grow hmm. and where am I already at? And and too many people are negative about, one, they're negative about sin. Why? Even, you know, probably some of us in this room. Yeah, totally. We're negative about the subject because we yeah. look at the subject, and you you made the point, Nathan, we look at a subject as a measuring stick of our performance mm-hmm. instead of an opportunity to grow. And even even as we're talking, you know, the point you made about the M&M thing, right? And there's a thousand <laughs> reasons why you shouldn't have been messing with m M&M. <laughs> <laughs> Number The number one reason is he's from Michigan, and you don't even need to be in that area. He's, he's from Michigan. He's from Detroit, eight mile. I mean, let's Okay, but what it is is <laughs> come on, Foster is, City, is, Mike. <laughs> is is that uh, you 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 dress like Eminem, but you didn't understand it. 
Mm-hmm. So you got to understand him. Right. Yeah. It's not about the dress. It's about understanding. So it's about seeing the possibilities. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. we've got to change our view of sin instead of it being, this is how I've come out bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got to be, ooh, this is the area where I grow. So let's take a really gnarly one like purity, which you mentioned. Yeah. That's our capacity. If we if we get that under control, it's our capacity for intimacy and love. Mm-hmm. So you can either look at it as I'm terrible at this mm-hmm. or I've got extraordinary possibilities of this because almost all of us as guys, emotionally, we want intimacy. Yeah. We want right. to be close to people. We don't know how. And so we choose shortcuts and, 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 and unwise things. And that's just, you know, the world doesn't spend a lot of time educating guys on how to be emotionally aware or emotionally connected. They did not. I mean, you go out and read, you go to the women's section of a bookstore and there's thousands <laughs> of books about all kinds of things about how to how to think about your mind, your body, who you are as a woman. I mean, the women do a great job of that. But if you go to a guy's bookstore, there's still, it's, we might as well be back in the fifties. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's pretty steady grunt, grunt, you know, meat, potatoes. And um, so I think you make a tremendous point and we want to, we want to make sure as we go through that all those listening, don't get discouraged when you look in the mirror and you see that you're not what you want to be. Mm-hmm. Look in the mirror and see what you can be. Mm-hmm. God made Jesus die, not made him, but God had Jesus die on the cross so we would not have to look at sin negatively. Right. That we could look at it and see the opportunity. Now, there's a bunch of other clips on here, but one of the ones you got to watch, we won't do it now, about Man La Mancha. And again, Cervantes experts, forgive me for, for mauling the description. <laughs> I, I didn't prepare that part. But at the end of the movie, it is one of the most moving scenes because he's beaten down He's he's kind of sickly and discouraged, and then he rises again, mm. and then he sings the song to dream the impossible dream. Oh, wow. mm. And that's where the song, that's one of the greatest songs ever. And it's it it I, I just think if we could get everyone to look in the Bible and not see negativity and not go, I'm not loving, I'm not friendly, I'm not wise, I'm not patient, I got into this bad thing, and instead see any sin that exists there's a possibility on this other side. So when we look in the Bible, we want to see possibilities and points of progress. Let's take a look at another scripture, Philippians 2 and verse 12. We're going to go out of the NIV this time. That was out of the NLT last time. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Have you seen that one before, Vince? Yes. What do you think about that one? How's that yeah. one hit you? I, I think, so like tied into even just the last scripture, right? Yeah. So the way I, I look at the Bible sometimes, most of the time is, hey, I got one, two, three to work on and I'll be excited. I'll work on it for a couple of days. Okay. And then I got discouraged. Because <laughs> <laughs> I see no changes. Right. I'm still the same person. And so when you mentioned about, man, like, when you look at the Bible as a measurement stick, that's how you're going to get. And so when I'm looking at the scripture, I'm like, I see, I have a hard time to really grasp hey, this God that's working in me. Because I think most of the time I'm about self-improvement versus God-driven, you know, like, let me do X, Y, and Z so I can be a better human being mm-hmm. versus here are the scriptures that works internally f- help with my heart 
versus the behavior versus the performance. Okay. Hmm. So I look at this. I'm like, I don't always feel that God works in me. So, Mike, let me ask you a question. That's pretty awesome. Let me ask you a question about what you're talking about. What do you think it means in this passage when it says work out? Um, well, first thing that comes to mind is, uh, you know, literal physical workouts, right? Where you're actually having to put the work in. You know, but actually is, you think that's how it's being used right there? It says continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Um, well, I guess I, I mentioned that because that makes me think of effort. Um, but also, I guess, makes me think of... Uh, I don't know, figuring out what's coming between me and God. Like this, if I'm thinking about so stuff. I'm going to drop another one on you. Whose responsibility is for how you do spiritually? What do you think that passage is telling us? Uh, well, it sounds like it's putting it on me. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, so if I'm going to work out my salvation, I, I like I, I don't like taking responsibility for things in general, and I like want other people to come in and and do things for me a lot, right? Just in general in life. So the idea of like me, okay, it's, if I'm going to be right with God, if I'm going to you know, actually have a relationship with, with him, it's going to be up to me to tackle these things, to look in my life and figure out what are the deficiencies, what are the, the areas of, you know. So the, in, in verse 13, coming back to what Vince was talking about, it says, for it is God who works in you. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's trying to draw a connection, right? Between you can't put your spiritual well-being and health on anybody else because nobody else is working in you. Right. I'm the mm-hmm. only one working in you. Mm-hmm. And so if you make no effort in your relationship with me, I can't work in you. Right. And so if you, if you depend on other people, I had to learn this a lot and there's right. tons of stories and we're going to not get into every story because we want to make sure we get through all these things. Cause a lot of us, I think we benefited from it. One of the things I did a lot was I was, and I'm still this way, unfortunately, humanistic, focused on people. What can, how can Nathan help me be more disciplined? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How can Vince help me be more loving? And then if Nathan doesn't help me be disciplined, I'm like, man, Nathan, you should help me. <laughs> man, I let you down, if man. It, you, did, you let me down, man. <laughs> you put me in M&M clothes and I wanted, I, I, I wanted, to, to, you know, I wanted to be in Drake clothes. <laughs> um, but how, how can Vince help me be more loving? And if I'm not loving to, to my wife, I blame Vince for not helping right. me enough. Mm. And I think the Bible is actually saying here, God is the focus and it's your responsibility. I think when it comes to the question of how to do well spiritually, one of the first things we have to say after talking about the mirror is we have to take personal responsibility for how we do. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we can't put it on the church we attend, the person who speaks, uh, the spouse we have, the kids we have. And this goes for teenagers, too. Mm-hmm. They can't put the responsibility of doing well spiritually on their parents or somebody else. I think it. Do, do, do you guys ever notice whether or not that happens a lot, a little, people putting the responsibility for how they do spiritually on other people instead of taking full responsibility themselves. Any of you ever Yeah, I was thinking, I know for myself, I do that. I, my first reaction is one to blame, but I think also coming from somebody who grew up going to church, there's a lot of talk I can hear from different people that I grew up with. It's about the culture. They're the, the, the quickly to blame the culture <laughs> and to blame like the, everybody yeah. around them, you know, um, and not reflect and look inwardly and be like, what's what's missing between me and God? What am I not working out with fear and trembling? You know, so it becomes this thing that's like very nebulous of like yeah. culture. It's like, yeah. and I always think like, you can't like, no, you can't always change the culture. Like you, as a single individual person, you're just yourself. Like, but what you can focus on is changing your relationship with God and, and having that fear and trembling when you, when you stand before God and you're in your own times with God, when you read, when you pray and really having a level of seriousness of like, 
what's going on in me that like my reaction is to want to just point at everybody else. And let's think about what are some areas real quickly that people outside of spirituality that people notoriously don't take responsibility for in America. Let's just speak with America. What are some areas? Government. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? Uh, I mean, the, the, all the vitriol is like blame, right? It's like the other part of the year. I was not, thinking politics too. Like it's always okay. Not taking responsibility for yeah. what goes on in the country politically. So you mean, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Are think, they going to do that? They're not, they're not in charge. <clears throat> well, I think it, there's always the, if it like was this voting? way, well, cause there's a, you know, well, no, no, no. I don't want you to give a speech here. I know where you, you know, Mike's very political. I, I'm just saying, <laughs> what can they do? What could they do to make a difference? Would they have to vote? Would they have to I mean, at the core is voting. I think there's there's local stuff that you can do, right? There's your neighborhood, your community. I mean, it's just going to the rec center and starting a program. Okay, or good. So you're saying it's easy. You're saying people sit back and complain, but it's not like they walk right. out their door and go. Right. Uh, and, and I'm guilty of this, right? Like I'll read my news app all day and just get riled up, you know, instead of going like, you know, have I, have I done like a barbecue for my neighbors? This that's week, what I'm looking know? for. That's yeah. what I'm looking yeah, for yeah, from yeah. you. Cause I know you were going to give a political speech on, on the, on the, on the history, I you opened of, the door. On, on the history of, on the history of socialism in America. <laughs> what else, Nathan? Anything? I, my first thought was politics. Okay. I'm thinking okay. relationships. Relationships are a big one. Like, uh, dating relationships? Yeah, dating relationships or your, I guess. Just relationships in general. Don't want to take People would rather end it than, than sometimes than, than build yeah, it. Yeah, take responsibility for anything else. Or to go on relationships. It's like when after a breakup or, or whatever, it's always the other person's fault. Uh, and like you're totally like clean. Okay. You know, right. like right. it didn't right. work out because of them okay. or whatever. You know? right. How about health? <laughs> it's not me. It's you. How about health? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. We have an obesity crisis in America, right? And, 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 and people, think, you know, uh, edu- education too. I mean, I was, you know, I was a terrible right. student, but I could always find something wrong with my professor, my class, yeah. the class size, yeah. cost yeah. of tuition. Instead of getting tutoring, so, instead so, of studying. So, so, <laughs> so, so, so here's the point I want to make. Yeah. You guys are really doing a great job is it's easy to look at Christianity and say, oh man, now you're going to put the burden on me if I've got to do one more thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not sure you're doing any other thing that you're taking responsibility <laughs> for. So the real thing you have to do is look in the mirror and say, do I t- what do I take responsibility for? Mm-hmm. Right. So if yeah. I go to work, for instance, and I work at Barnes and Nobles, do I go there and just kind of work and just kind of sit behind the cash register and do it? And I'm kind of ticked off. I got to be there six to eight hours. And then when I get right. done, I go home. Or do I do the extra things? Do I look around and if I see books laying on the floor, I go, hey, there's nobody at the cash register. I'm going to go over and pick those up and put them there. If I'm making coffee for somebody, am I remembering their name? Am I getting their name? Am I saying hello right. to them? Or am I just taking the thing and making the coffee and shoving it in their face? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so taking responsibility is a character thing. And a lot right. of times yeah, when people yeah. go, well, how, you know, and there's many things. Well, how, why, how can I do well spiritually? Why are you putting the burden on me? One more thing to do. No, 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 no. You got to take responsibility for your life. Right. In general. And then the Bible right. says part of your life you got to take responsibility for is your spiritual condition. Mm-hmm. And so if you get yourself into trouble, that's your responsibility. I'm not saying it's your fault. Probably is. Right. It's, it's, it's usually, when I get myself in trouble, it's usually my fault. Yeah. But right. the key is to take responsibility. And here's the key, the really encouraging thing. That's what God wants you to do. Can anybody remember what James 1, says when I read it? I'm going to read this again for those listening. Verse 25, actually. And listen to this one, Cameron. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, here's the clincher, then God will bless you for doing it. Mm. See, the thing is, it's not about performance, and it's not about if I take responsibility, I can never fail. It's about once you start taking responsibility for your spiritual condition, God can bless you. 
Hmm. If you just sit down and say, hey, I want to be a better husband, you may make a lot of mistakes, but you're doing something about what he's told you. And so he blesses you. A lot of change is about reception of blessing, not about sweating. Right. Mm. Well, it makes me think about the fear and trembling part of the last one. Like I think for me, I'm a really proud person. So I don't, I think with the fear and trembling makes me think of this humility, like, and you were talking about taking responsibility. I think it all kind of goes with this, you know, conscious of God. And if you're humble, you're going to, you're actually going to, you know, take responsibility for, oh, I, I I am weak or I do need to grow. And, but it's not going to be this like blame. And I think that's what I do is I, um, when I read, I'm not a performance person it's in the, in the sense that you guys were talking about, but mm-hmm. I, I more deceive myself and thinking I'm, I'm already good. Why is that? Why do you um, think? Why? I Cause think, I'm, a, I'm definitely a performance person. Right. I'm looking at those things. I'm like, man, here, man. I'm alive. Are you kidding me? Wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to get, make it, let me make a three point plan. I'll keep this going 30 days. <laughs> I think it's just different, uh, fears and insecurities of like, um, not feeling good enough and things like that already. So I already think I'm good. Could it be, your, could it be your religiosity and that you're really religious? person you grew up religious i mean that could be part of it um, i don't know i'm I mean, asking yeah i mean i don't i don't know i think i think I, I couldn't attribute it all to that sure but i think that's for sure probably sure. Mixed pharisees in. they were pretty good at that yeah the i think pharise- i've become and jesus more attributed religious- a whole lot of yeah attri- jesus attributed a whole lot of denial about truth right to being a pharisee so Definitely. that's why you always got to check that one yeah, mm-hmm. well, I think I've become. I don't. I don't know if that's from my childhood as much as being a Christian for the last eleven years. Probably more religious. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I, religious I, from that. Yeah, so I think yeah, like yeah, I think yeah. just being around and trying it and doing a lot of reading without yeah. obeying. I think because you know it's like the great equalizer. So, so you would say it, you would say you would say the first thing you face is just that. I think you said that kind of fear of seeing it. Yeah, and feeling bad about yeah. where you are makes you want to just read it, not feel it. Yeah, exactly. I like run from the feeling of yeah. like, so I, I'm, I'm already, I'm already think I'm good. It's kind of how I felt truth. when I read your post about cereal on Facebook. <laughs> I'm like, why are you throwing, hey, why are you throwing down on cereal, man? <laughs> Lay off my tricks, man. Apple Jacks, uh, Captain Crunch, off. come on, Fruit Loops, <laughs> Frosted Mini Wheat. Shout out to Lucky He's Charms. Like, it's all sugar. No, it isn't. It's got some wheat. Yeah. <laughs> it's got some wheat in there. It's cool. got some honey in the Cheerios. Whatever, whatever you Cheerios want to believe, got some. Man, whatever you want to believe. Then, you, then you he threw down on oatmeal. Free, he he threw down, <laughs> then he threw down on oatmeal. He's like throwing down on oatmeal. Why you gotta get down All on the oatmeal? Breakfast. That's All why the breakfast. I have stock in Quaker Oats. Why you gotta do that? They man? wouldn't call see. it Fruit Loops, you know. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Fruit Loops. Yeah, you can't do that. You literally can't do that. The man's got a lot to say about the things we. He's got a lot to say about the things we eat, but how can we trust him when he can't look in the Bible and see the truth? Look at the mirror. Got him. Let's go, man. I'm working on it. Insert the air horn sound right here. <laughs> All, right. All right. I just wanted to have a fun moment there. Good. Good. Uh, at Cameron's expense, although he's the one posting it in my face. I know. He's going to be editing it later. So. <laughs> he can edit it all he wants. I'll have a live stream. Okay. So what we want to do now is we want to discuss some points that everybody can can get into. So I want you guys to think about these and, and we'll discuss them. Uh, num- the, the number one thing. That the, the number one thing to focus on when you're getting practical is transparency with God. So the first thing you want to do, if you want to get yourself in a position where you're going to do well spiritually, is transparency with God. And I call that really attacking the heart mm-hmm. and going for the heart. A lot of times what happens when, and Nathan, you really nailed this, a lot of times what happens is we go at our performance, which automatically puts us on our behavior. Yeah. And I'll never forget a good friend of mine. Uh, said to me one time, we were both struggling spiritually, and he said, you know what I figured out, Russ, that I've got to work on my inside and my heart 
and then eventually the change will work its way to the outside. But because we want quick results, we try to fix the outside first. Mm-hmm. And so I think the the biggest frustration, mm-hmm. it's kind of yeah, like, Cameron, you know a lot about this, and you can uh, comment on it later. Um, but the biggest challenge about being healthy is that everybody wants to lose weight. And so they're like, I got to hurry up and lose this weight. And then what happens is they end up getting, and I see Cameron shake his head, they end up getting really unhealthy trying to lose the weight. And because they want to see that 12, 20 or 30 pounds gone so bad. And I think a lot of times as Christians, we so bad want to see that outward behavior, behavior change. We fix that. But there are people who they, they do all these crazy things to lose weight. I remember there's one basketball player named Adrian Dantley lost a ton of weight, right? And I think he was playing in a game and he ended up fainting and it turned out because he hadn't eaten enough food. And and, And I think what happens is that we oftentimes, it's our human instinct. That's what you were talking about, Vince. It's the human humanism, the mm-hmm. reliance on our own effort, strategy, energy that makes us fix the behavior. So the temptation we have to resist is to work on our behavior. In other words, stay ugly, my friend. <laughs> Go ahead and look Hashtag bad. <laughs> it's better to look bad for an extended period of time and get it right on the inside then look good on the outside for a short period of time and stay in a bad situation on the inside. And so that's why I call this part transparency with God. Let me read a couple of scriptures to you. Then you guys jump in there and make your moves. In Proverbs 4.23, I think you guys looked at this in preparation. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Now, there's a jazz, there's a jazz discussion right there, boy. Flow. There you go. There you <laughs> Proverbs four twenty three. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Now, make some notes in your mind, and I'm going to give you two more. Jeremiah seventeen seven. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear. When he comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Now look at nine, verse nine. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And it goes on to really refer to the fact that God can understand the heart and help you with the heart. And finally, in Psalm 26, Verse one, and remember, we're talking about transparency with God and attacking the heart when you're trying to do well spiritually. Vindicate me, Lord, for I've led a blameless life. I've trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. Verse two is the kicker. Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and mind. For I've always been mindful of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. Verse two says, test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and mind. In Jeremiah 17 Right after verse 9, he talks about the Lord will examine your heart. And in Proverbs 4.23, it says, above all else, guard your heart. I think the number one thing you have to do when you're trying to do well spiritually after looking in that mirror is be transparent with God and say, this is what I see. This is where my heart is at. And a lot of that's emotion. What can you guys, what's that got stirred up from your preparation and your thought on this subject already? What are you thinking? Yeah, I was, um, maybe thinking of a lot of things, but... uh I think that there's there's a time in my life in my twenties that made me think about this time where I uh, I was going through you know just out of college just started working and I was just sort of a 
confusing time in life in general, but I, I, I've always had this in me where I'm like, okay, I need to go do good things or, you know, because I, you know, I grew up in church and I'm like, okay, doing, I need to be a good Christian person, but I've always neglected what was going on inside, you know, from when I was a kid and when there's emotions going on in the home, go up and make a mixtape, you know, in the, in my bedroom, that sort of thing. But man, I remember like later when, you know, I'd be feeling like a ton. I, that's when I, I didn't know how to work through what was going on inside me. I would still read scriptures, but I remember that's when I was started drinking, right? I would right. drink because there's so much I'm feeling mm. and it's making me very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to quiet it down, right? Good point. And alcohol quiets things down, right? That's just what it does. Right? Yeah. It, it, it sedates you or numbs you or whatever. So, you know, and that was just one thing, but that's sort of the, the most... Uh, um, extreme for me, I guess. Because there's, there's smaller ways that you can say that's not as big a deal. Like, yeah. I had to play video games till one in the morning. Right. Like, oh, you know, it is like, ate, ate that extra slice of chocolate cake. You know, right. but once I got mm-hmm. to the point where I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm at this bar right now because I'm feeling a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good. And I know it's happening. And that was, you know, the same day that earlier in the day I was like reading a scripture, you know, so it's like, so what's, what's going on with me where I'm reading the Bible, I'm going to church events but I'm still like medicating in this way. Right? Yeah. And so reading this scripture, you know, pre- preparing for this, it kind of brought me back there and reminding, reminded me how true it was where if I'm, if I don't deal with what's going on inside me, like I, all I can do is just try my best to, you know, white knuckle it and just, you know, perform as yeah. a good person. Right. Yeah. But that has its limits. And for me, it didn't take me very far, you know? So I, I remember that was, that stood out to me, but it's still with me today. That heart of like, you know, I, I, this is getting too loud for me, right? I'm get, I'm really anxious. I'm really angry. I'm really hurt. Now, I'm, you know, Mary and I got a kid, you know, this morning I got uh, hurt and I, it was distracting me and I'm like, what am I feeling? You know, it takes yes. me a while. Like, I have to take mm-hmm. time yes. to process it because, right, it, it just feels at first like noise and feels and like my chest gets a little tighter, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so I have to slow it down and talk to God through it. Yeah. Sometimes I don't like, sometimes I don't like doing that work. And sometimes it's just, I need it to go away. I don't like, it's uncomfortable. Right. Now when you say you're sharing, it's so fantastic. If you're sitting there, I know you're just riveted like I am on what Mike is talking about. Um, when, when you say you don't like it, what do you, what do you mean? And why is that? I, I guess like, well, anything that's not like a happy feeling, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I want that out of it. I want it out of here. Right. And so sometimes I don't have the maturity to go like, okay, like, you know, something's happening that's challenging to me or, or just, you know, discouraging or whatever. That's, right. you know, part of the points of progress and growth and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if it's just anything that's not happy. So anything that feels gone. emotionally negative, it's hard for you to keep thinking about or talking about. Yes. So and th- because like my wife would attest to this, I end up taking everything personally, like any right. negative emotion in the room, I, I, the roads lead back to there's somebody unhappy with me. Right? right. Which, and sometimes people will be unhappy with you. Yeah. Like when my wife mm-hmm. says, I'm angry at you. But like, but even if that's the case, that shouldn't throw me off so much. Yeah. Um, so I just, I, I inflate, and then it becomes bigger, and then I repeat it in my head over and over. I can't quiet it down, and then I've just learned to cope with that by just trying to shut it down. Now, uh, just just to keep with you, because I think you're doing a great job on this point, and we won't even need anybody else to get in because you got this one. You got this one in a place where I think people listening will be able to say, "Yeah, I can really relate to that. I know I do, and I've got my own, you know, things that I that I that I went to, like you were referring to drinking, um, and I've I've never heard." I mean, I probably have, but I don't remember anybody describing the need to drink as a way to either avoid negative emotions or numb negative emotions or avoid just getting into those topics that are difficult sure. to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so I think that description alone 
is worth, you know, just reflecting on that. Um, and it doesn't have to be that particular issue. It could be a number of different issues. Well, yeah, I mean, Nate mentioned earlier about, you know, struggles with impurity, looking at women, looking at pornography. Like there's, mm-hmm. I've gone, I've done all that stuff too. It's just anything right. that will like sedate me, yeah. right? That will, yeah. that will put me to sleep internally or, or literally. Now, now here's the thing. For me, I, no one ever, and I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying societally growing up, no one ever sat down with me as a young man and said, um, you need to be more aware of and expressive of your emotions. Right. Right. And, and so I think in a way as guys, we're encouraged not to have them. Sure. And then what happens is we suppress them yeah, and they come out in all these ways that are sometimes sin, but sometimes it's depression. Well, and yeah. I think when you have multiple guys that have learned to do that, then we end up overreacting when we hear someone like share something like, so if, if Cameron's going to say like, man, I'm, you know, I was really stressed out. So man, I just like, forget it. You know, I did X, Y, and Z. Right. Then because I've learned to go like, oh, those are bad things. You know, then I like, well, maybe in an attempt to, I think I need to help Cameron with this. So I'll just kind of get really down on and make him feel bad because I haven't learned how to so know, spiritually handle have that. Have any of so, you had an experience where you've been able to pray that, pray through that temptation to be numb and get to the truth of your emotions and that transparency with God? If any of you can, any of you remember or or see, and, and if because because one of the things that helped me a lot is when. Before my wife and I were dating, she said to me, we were talking about something. She said, you need to pray about your emotions. And I was like, what What, what are you talking about? Right. Like, does not compute. What are no, you I about? didn't compute at all. I was like, okay, what emotions? What are you talking about? And she just said to me, well, I pray about how I feel. Mm. And I probably had been a Christian, I'm going to say five years maybe, six years, and nobody had Ever. Now, there are probably people who knew me going, no, no, I don't. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody had ever said to me, that is essential for two things, being close to God and keeping your heart soft. And she, she shared with me uh, two, one scripture, I think, but I look at three, Ezekiel 11, Ezekiel 18, Ezekiel 36, where God says God will give us a heart of flesh when we have a heart of stone. And so I think when Mike's talking about it is one of the great difficulties for, for, for guys, and it's true for ladies as well, but one of the great difficulties for guys, I think it's greater than, 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 than the ladies for a lot of reasons. I think women work a lot harder at it. I think women want to be connected to people more and they're, they're, they, they don't get dissuaded by an achievement to kick the friends out of their life. Whereas men, if we see, you know, I could win this, we're like, hey, I can make new friends, but I can't win that again. Yeah. And, you know, we could, we could, we can jettison them. But I think that, um, that that learning how to pray is what transparency with God is, how to pray from your heart. And when you're praying from your heart, you're, you're praying about your, your things you're excited about. You're praying about your disappointments. You're praying through through the discouragement. Right. Mm. You're not praying about the discouragement. You're praying through the discouragement to confidence. One more comment. We're going to move on to our next point because I think we worked that one. Anybody got some? I, the only thing I thought about was like, I remember plenty of times of like praying and, and, and crying because like first kind of similar to what we had talked about previously, first where first spot I start my prayer is like blaming everybody and then talking about whatever the discouragement, the feelings that I feel about my sin. 
Um, and then finally being honest and crying and being like, God, I just want, I want this to be okay. I want, I want to be accepted by people. I don't feel like people are going to accept me. I know this is what you say in the scriptures that you care about me and you love me. It's very hard for me to believe that right now. Cause I feel like my performance is at a yeah. all time low or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but like kind of going through those different stages to like trying to be like gut, gut level honest with God. Like, this is what I actually really, really want in my yeah. heart, which is like, I want to be close and right. I want, I want to feel secure and feel happy and feel That's it. accepted. That's it. Right. And, 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 and if we don't do that, we become religious. Yeah. We start, yeah. we start being all about behavior. And then that you mentioned earlier, Nathan, talk about culture. People blame the culture. Mm-hmm. We make the culture. Yeah. yeah. And so when we decide not to be transparent with God, we're basically saying we're going to create a fake culture right. where none of us get to relax and say, right now, I'm not feeling it. I'm not doing well. I'm not a hero. <laughs> you know, I had someone right. walk with me not that long ago, a couple of days ago. And go, I listened to your this on this and it really changed my life and it really helped me. And you know, you're my, you're my hero. I'm like, man, seriously, if, if, if I'm your hero, it must, <laughs> that, your hero bucket's really low. <laughs> well, I should check uh, out the Avengers. They're coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Check out the Avengers. You know, check out Black Panther. Check out Iron Man. Those are heroes. No, uh, John F. Kennedy, maybe Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, FDR, somebody, somebody besides me. But I think, I think it's so easy for us to, to underestimate how extraordinary it is when you, when you pray through your emotions to God, when you get through all that and you find him and you get to where Nathan described, mm-hmm. you get to this place of peace where you're like, okay, and I've, I've found that place before where you're like, okay, I don't care if I'm important. I don't care if I'm significant. I don't care if I'm the leader. You get to the essence of what you really want, which ultimately is to be loved by God and loved by right, people. Right. That's what you really want. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're in charge of something or people clap their hands when you walk on stage or yeah. say hi to you on the road. enjoy this episode, be sure to check out our website at deepspirituality.net where we have devotionals, videos, and articles. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Deep Spirituality and click subscribe. You can also find us on all your favorite social media platforms. So be sure to give us a like or a comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Hey.